everyone. It's Mark down with Law Trades, and it's time for this week's edition of 10 Minute Legal News. So this week, I'm going to be talking to you about law firms having a few struggles, as you would expect, when it comes to deciding how to prepare for the future of work, which, of course, is likely the future of work that includes the office, either not at all or certainly not nearly as much. Then I'll also be talking about how there's a new Australian legal decision that is leading people to drop Facebook. And then finally, another kind of inside baseball legal story that we'll get into, which is just a recent poll that came out with a few concerning and also good statistics about the legal profession and the sort of happiness of people who are in it. Let's talk first here about law firms. Yeah, there was a story on law.com recently that kind of showed how the pandemic has caused, obviously, a lot of people to rethink the workplace and how we should be basing our lives around work. And then it gets into how law firms have not necessarily learned the best way to go about this new future of work. So as we know, Even before COVID, there were a lot of lawyers in big law firms that were struggling, burnout, unpredictable schedules, pay discrepancies, all were major problems. And a lot of them obviously had a disproportionate impact on women lawyers who were leaving the profession at a higher rate than men. And then the pandemic comes along. And for the last 18, 19 months, it has made those problems highly apparent, more apparent than ever. And here's the thing, though. Even after 18 months or so of this pandemic, it seems law firms largely don't have coherent strategies going forward. A legal scholar and analyst named Randy Kaiser told Law.com there has been, quote, a chronic underestimation of the issues. He said, I think firms might actually not know what it is they should be doing. And at this point, it's more of a mystery to them than a business strategy. So the one thing that we maybe do know about the plans of kind of the law firms going forward is that the office is still at the forefront. A lot of them have delayed the return to office, which was supposed to happen earlier this month for many of them. And then they've said, don't come in yet. But they have not said like, oh, uh, here's our permanent plan of which you won't have to come to the office this many times or, or whatever. They've, they've kind of continued to say that the office is still going to be at the center of everything. One official for a top law firm told Law.com, quote, are there benefits to having time with your children and being able to manage your life? Yeah, I see those benefits. But I also think there's real value to the in-person interaction that we're losing and the glue and the culture. So to top this all off, as people familiar with law trades know, we, of course, are big fans of the remote working and and flexible work environments allow people to have good mental health and, and good lives and everything like that. And what we're seeing out of the big law firms here is that it's just sort of unclear what the plans are going to be going forward, even though it's clear that companies that offer flexibility and understand mental health concerns are going to be the most successful here in the future at, at getting the best talent. Okay, let's move on to Facebook. It's obviously not been a good month, if not several months, if not even a couple of years for Facebook. The Wall Street Journal report that came out that showed a lot of leaked memos and everything like that. But for this story that is involving the law and Facebook, we're going to talk about Australia. So, you know, here in America, as we've discussed before, Section 230 is a law that mostly protects companies from posts that are made by others. So if just some random person posts on Facebook something that's libelous, it's not Facebook's fault because we have Section 230. But in Australia, things are changing. 
and they don't have something like Section 230. A recent court ruling in Australia leaves the country with no defense like that. So what happened was a controversial public figure was in the news again, and there were a lot of comments on the Facebook pages for various media sites, various media outlets, that is, that were really, you know, bad mouthing this guy. And in some cases, using false information to talk about him. So that public figure, instead of suing those individual people, sued the media outlets because it was on those media outlets' Facebook pages where those comments were made. And the court actually agreed that the media companies could be held liable. So because of that, it basically feels like in Australia that it's open season on media companies and a lot of other people. Because of the ruling, people will likely be able to sue not just media companies, but anyone who hosts a social media page. So that would mean that an administrator of a popular Facebook group could be liable for posts made by one of the users in that group. So the result of this has been kind of drastic so far. A lot of news outlets say that they're already switching their online strategies. They're not going to cover certain politicians or controversial topics on Facebook so they can avoid those legal issues. So, uh, you know, basically they're afraid that people are going to say bad things about like politicians or or whatever, and then they're going to get in trouble. So instead of even putting it on Facebook, they're just not going to do that. Nothing. So this ruling, to be clear, makes Australia an outlier. And most other countries, there's there's nothing like this. Obviously, that's not the case in Section 230. But I, I do suspect that plenty of countries are going to be watching closely with what continues to happen in Australia as they consider reforms to their own sort of internet laws. Okay, final story is just about, you know, the life of an attorney. Uh, there was a, a good, interesting study that just came out from ABA Journal that has a few facts that I'll, I'll just discuss here that give insight into, you know, how people feel when they get out of law school and, and when they're fairly early on in, in their legal careers these days. And we all know that uh, that can be sometimes mixed feelings for people, given the amount of debt that you have to take out just to go to law school. So here's what happened. They surveyed around 1,500 respondents who were kind of from diverse backgrounds and also diverse fields of law. And what they found was like an incredibly small number of the recent law school graduates did not have any debt upon graduation. Almost all of them did. And of the people who who didn't have any debts, none of them were black attorneys. So that was interesting. And also black attorneys were most likely to have at least $200,000 or more of debt. Of the people with $200,000 or more, 18% of those attorneys were black, 14% were white, 7% were Latino. Now here, to me, are, are kind of the most fascinating statistics. Of the you know 1,500 or so attorneys that were surveyed, 47% of them, just 47% said that law school was worth the cost. A majority did not think that it was worth the cost. Kind of depressing. But... Here, this is the happier news that we'll, we'll end this on. Of those respondents, 61% of them said that they would do it all over again if they had the chance. So even though lawyers may not think law school is worth the cost, they do find that the career is worth it. 61% would do it all over again. And we'll leave with that this week. I hope everyone has a fantastic week and we will talk again next week.